What's up, y'all? Late Night Teddy. Special Late Night Edition of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. Tonight, it's 10.10 p.m. Central Time, live from Austin, Texas. Thursday, July 7th, heading into the weekend. We got a little under two hours till midnight, so trying to squeeze in a Thursday episode as I'm hitting the microphone right now. Ivermectin's trending. And for those of you who haven't listened to the last two shows, Teddy got banned. I'm in the middle of, I think it's day six. I think it's going on day five tomorrow of a seven-day Twitter ban. My sixth one. But I did appeal the last two. So here's the one thing I have to uh, mention. Alex Berenson revealed today, you know, he won his settlement with Twitter and they reinstated his account. So I encourage you to follow my Alex Berenson, even if you don't have Twitter, uh, just bookmark it because he came out spitting fire with just some straight up, the vaccine doesn't work. Um, you know, the vaccine doesn't protect you from getting it, doesn't uh, protect you from spreading it. The long-term effects are unknown. He is pushing the envelope big time and it's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, but one of the main revelations that they had in the court documents was... Um, they have a five-strike policy in regards to COVID. Five strikes. And there's some stipulation or technicality or it's made official where if you put that in writing or say this is the policy and it's wrote and it's, it's in the court document, that policy must be applied to every user. And if you're censoring, Alex Berenson's saying, if you're getting censored for telling the truth, uh, providing factual information about whatever it is about COVID, and they keep suspending you, you have a legitimate chance to take Twitter to federal court and sue the living crap out of them. And how how great would the tables turn? Um, how great would the tables turn if Teddy took Twitter. We're, we have alliteration already. If Teddy took Twitter to court, and there's some high-powered lawyers that I know through Twitter. Adam Lowy, if you're listening, hi. Um, Thomas J. Henry, I know you're not listening, but you're suing Travis Scott over the Astroworld thing, so I know you got power. And um, If you're listening from Austin, you damn well know who Thomas J. Henry is. So Alex Berenson's lawyer, too. I'm going to reach out for him because my trials and tribulations um, with the suspension. And then keep in mind, uh, I just got my sixth suspension, but the last two or three, I appealed and was granted the appeal within a day or two. And a couple times I just stayed off because I was like, I hate Twitter. And that's when I launched the Substack on March 28th. One thing about Twitter banning me or suspending me, I haven't been banned yet. I'm going to have to sue them so I can come back and spit fire like Alex Berenson, but uh, it, it's it it's there. I'll tell you this: I am going to reach out to Alex Berenson's lawyer through a DM and uh, with with tweets. And I think he worked in the Trump administration. Trigger alert! Reverse trigger alert for any Democrats out there. Um, so I'm at least gonna shoot him a DM, or at least shoot a a, a couple lawyers and just see. Hey, do you think it's worth the case? Because Keep this in mind. I had tweeted a top 10 
most amazing wonder dr- uh most amazing facts about the wonder drug ivermectin that I wrote on hugepatriot.com for those who don't know I've got the mothership teddybroosevelt.substack.com we're streaming on Spotify iTunes and Apple and I also have a national website I'm trying to let a little fire under hugepatriot.com I just posted a Probably about a seven or eight hundred word article about Pfizer's uh, world's worst April Fool's Day prank. If you go on there uh, from last April Fool's, the CEO of Pfizer uh, promised that the vaccine was a hundred percent protective against coronavirus. A hundred percent. They gave it to eight hundred people in South Africa. Zero got it, and then they did a phase three trial. Forty four thousand people, and not a single side effect. They forgot. Or they failed to mention that they left Maddie DeGray out of the uh, out of the trial. They just dropped her totally. Thirteen year old who's paralyzed from the waist down. You'll see the link at the end of that story on hugepatriot.com. So the one thing about about Twitter banning me is it really lights the fire under my ass. So I'm gonna see if I can sue the crap out of them first. Second, the reason why ivermectin is trending right now is because Joe Biden's. Uh, intern, whatever their pronouns are, uh, it certainly was a, you know, it was a, hey, this is the first blank, blank, skin color, gender, you know, spin the wheel, pansexual, two-spirit, uh, whatever, this is the first blankety blank, blank, blank to hold the position of White House intern, and this is ironically, since we only evaluated the candidates, or we eliminated all of the candidates, Think about that. They eliminated all the candidates in America unless they had a specific skin color and a vagina for the Supreme Court justice and for the vice president. And we have now the press secretary, the first five minutes of her first press conference she spent talking about herself and, and just how groundbreaking she was. So... If you're talking about the groundbreaking, I don't know how groundbreaking it is. They pretty much told you, hey, you got this, whatever. So Joe Biden's um, intern, whatever their pronouns are, just wrote <laughs> 4.50 p.m. East Coast time today. If states try to block a woman from getting medication that FDA has already approved and that has been available for more than 20 years, we will act to protect that woman's right to that medication. Gee, you pretty much described ivermectin to the to the core. I mean, it's 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 been distributed for 30 years. 2.8 billion people have taken it. Um the whole horse shit about it just being for horses. I mean, anyone who tells you that, they're definitely not following the science. They're a total sheep and a total NPC. It's been used around the world, people. It's like penicillin, aspirin, Iver freaking mectin on the top three wonder drugs ever invented, according to their beloved World Health Organization, aspirin, penicillin, and ivermectin. I ain't making that up. You can find the article on teddybroosevelt.substack.com in the archives and hugepatriot.com. Um, but that's one of the reasons why Twitter banned me. Think about that. And the beauty of it, that whole list for just sharing that article that I wrote that I meticulously researched all 10 points and seven of them were straight from the World Health Organization's six or seven glowing uh, six-page PDF 
on the miracle wonder drug that has just, cha- you know, just just cured malaria in Africa, where they literally they estimate ivermectin saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of lives. It's, it's totally eradicated certain diseases in certain areas. So there's not been side effects. Um, people are claiming, oh, there's side effects that are common and severe for ivermectin. No, no, no. The reason why I just got banned is because of exactly what Dr. Peter McCullough, the esteemed cardiologist here in Texas, told Joe Rogan at the end of December, uh, which is he thinks there is, looking back, a concerted, planned effort to suppress all the early treatment options that doctors were discussing, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and z being at the forefront, not necessarily z and get people isolated so we're not talking about them, put them in a state of fear and uncertainty. Everyone had us in FUD mode. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt like a crypto <laughs> like a crypto holder over the last 60 days. And uh, it's also they could push the vaccine. It's also they can push the vaccine. People have to drop the... I mean, it was only three years ago that everyone thought Big Pharma was evil. The Sackler family... What the hell changed? It's because TDS broke people's brains so bad that uh, anything Trump was against or Trump or, or Republicans were against, it's it's become this cult type of thing. And the masks were signaling, getting the Band-Aid, posting your Twitter photo with your, with your shot, putting your six-month-old kid up on Twitter. I mean... So uh, ivermectin is way safer than Paxlovid. Paxlovid's 595 bucks. I keep saying it's 800. Some people say 595. Where I don't know. Let's just say 600 bucks, 595 for five pills. 100 120 bucks a pill. Ivermectin's like 5 or 10 bucks. I think it's $10.50 for five. It's like 2 bucks a pill, $1 a pill if that. So, um, here in Texas, coming at you live from Austin, July 27th, there is a doctor, Dr. Bowden, who's treated 4,000 COVID patients with ivermectin, His uh, is going to testify in front of the Texas Medical Board, because there's been pharmacies, CVS, there's some just, they think they're members of the resistance. People are just so mental over this that you know, CVS, some of these uh, places, they won't prescribe it. Ivor freaking Mectin, because they think they're on, they just watch CNN. And oh, by the way, I was doing the foam roller last night and flipping through YouTube TV, and I like to see what the other stations, and I had a couple screens going. And you would not believe, at Tucker showed a little montage. This is my first post-Tucker um, podcast. Tucker showed a little montage they're all talking about January 6th and Trump and the shocking revelations and the news that stunned the nation and um, Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony that, you know, will go down in history and will they bring... They're just obsessed with Trump. I think that's all you can say about it is they are obsessed with Trump and they and they wake up Thinking about Trump, can they get Trump thrown in jail? I mean, Trump already was doing pretty good in real estate. He's living rent-free in their heads, but it's not any heads you'd want to live in. Like, what's the inside of Rachel Maddow's 
head. And everyone has to understand this is all in, you know, Big Pharma. I posted this on the article on Huge Patriot today. Big Pharma is a blockbuster advertiser, like number one. And Pfizer, for some of these, um, for some of these uh, uh, social media companies, I mean, when Pfizer launches a new drug, it's five hundred million dollars to launch a new drug like Xanax or Zangel or whatever the hell their names are. They didn't have to spend a dime <laughs> to to launch the most profitable. I mean, Pfizer, they got so much free advertising. Pfizer and Moderna, are you serious? Were any two companies besides maybe Amazon and Tesla discussed as much as Pfizer and Moderna? Probably not. Um, I've got Pfizer's ad spending 2008 to 2021 up there. I mean, it's between $1.8 and $3.8 billion a year. The lowest was almost $2 billion. The highest was almost $4 billion. So big tech and the mainstream media are going to do whatever it takes to shield their number one biggest advertiser from criticism. I was in publishing back when magazines existed in the late 90s and know a little thing or two about advertising and uh, traditional media and social media. Whatever you do, it's church and state. That's what our publisher used to say. Look, and and well, she they if you, you're trying to maintain some editorial integrity, like but if you're reviewing products, let's say it's a fine balance. Like you see, Maxim will just spotlight stuff that hey, if you buy a full page ad, we'll say you have one of the top five Bluetooth speakers for 2022 for for our summer beach edition. There's absolutely pay to play with that. Now they're not going to go out to a crappy skull candy. Uh, Bluetooth, they're going to go to Bose. They're going to go to um, Beats or um, somebody like that and offer them a full page ad and say, you also get a placement on our top five. You know, you get a full page ad on the following page. So I guarantee this Time Magazine, NBC Dateline, 60 minutes, you will never ever see. Um, anything about this vaccine because or you know very rarely any negative criticism about about big pharma it has to be outrageous with literally like a hundred thousand people dying a year from overdoses from the opioid crisis that big pharma totally caused um you have to have like hundreds of thousands of teenage kids dying i mean is that what it's going to take this time because it's kind of looking like that if you go to the youtube uh the teddy roosevelt channel on youtube You'll see my latest video of all of the crazy, um, uh, it's all in one one county or one region. Some of them are in different counties. Ocean County, New Jersey, I have, I think it's 32 people who've all died mysteriously. And they're, they're all under 40, maybe mid 40s, all suddenly, shockingly. You can tell they're like Pilates instructors, basketball players. It's not drug overdose. Um, it's, it's, you know, Heart stuff. It's it's shocking. You could just tell by the way the obituary is. It wasn't like they had a bad night of. Uh, well, you never know now with the fentanyl, but there is a lot. Not a one year old kid. Not a forty seven year old uh, football coach with two with two sons. That's that's not happening. So, you just wonder what is going to happen now with uh, um with uh with with the vaccine. Um, did you see the uh, uh, 53-year-old guy from the San Jose Sharks, Brian Marchmont, died 
He was up there to scout. I think the uh, NHL draft combine or the draft. I think the NHL just had their draft tonight. And he was up there, died in his sleep, suddenly, shockingly, and played for the San Jose Sharks for 20 years. Conveniently, ESPN left that off. You'd think the death of a a guy in the organization who was scouting and his son plays for the Sabres? His son's, uh, you know, a father-son duo in the NHL and the, and the dad suddenly dies? 53 years old? You'd think that would at least make the top 10 stories. Not on the app, not on the website all day. I checked multiple times. So, they get a lot of advertising, ESPN too, from pharmaceutical drugs. And it's like, there's just, it's, it's, you thought the mafia was bad? All these East Coast, New Jersey, Philly, the tri state area, Delaware, like GlaxoSmithKline, uh, uh, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, hey, you go against the family, you go against everybody. That's how that, that's how they act. So, it, they are just running cover and interference, folks. And and also, the media and the Biden administration, a lot of public health bureaucrats, they they don't want to admit reality. They're going to put it off in their mind as long as, as possible because then they'll have to accept the truth that they pushed a harmful... I mean, how would you like to have that on your, on your conscience for the rest of your life, that you physically harmed or killed... A bunch of people due to your due to your uh, evidence or due to your advice. Um, so, sorry, just had a, a little interruption. You can get out of there, cat. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at this this ivermectin situation. It's trending on Twitter. Um, it takes a Joe Biden, um, you know, uh, diversity breaking pansexual green person to write an awful tweet and again that tweet is <laughs> i just got to read it for you one more time if states try to block a woman from getting medication the fda has already approved and has been available for more than 20 years we will act to protect that woman's right to that medication it's almost describing ivermectin to a t Except they're talking about murdering a baby with a pill instead of curing COVID. And again, Dr. Peter McCullough said 85% of the people he believes could have been cured. I urge you to go to dailyclout.io. Dailyclout, C-L-O-U-T dot I-O. And what you have there is the FOIA request. You remember Pfizer wanted to wait 55 years Remember they, they did a FOIA request? Hey, we want to see all of the, you know, you figured if they had, we were, no no one out of 800 people in South Africa got it and no severe side effects out of 44,000 people. Wouldn't they want to make that data as open and transparent? Here, we'll make it like WikiLeaks. We'll just WikiLeak ourselves, and anyone can go check it. We'll put it in a Dropbox or Google Drive. Hey, all of the Pfizer docs will be available on all sharing services in these folders, anyone in the world can check it out. Wouldn't that, from a business perspective, these people are trying to decrease vaccine hesitancy and increase vaccine uptake? Wouldn't you want to be as you know open and transparent about this as possible? That's the whole problem. We have not had. That's why people have something to hide. Healthcare system um, as well, because. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all, all over a bunch of tangents, but I'm going to bring it back here um, to what I was just talking about. But 
it is it is it is um a full on from the media to big tech to the healthcare systems no one wants to admit what's really going on and you have a small number of brave people on dailyclout.io that um let me let me scroll i have this on on hugepatriot.com so FDA originally told the court they wanted 55 years to release all the COVID vaccine documents. We'd have the full record by 2076. 2076. Gee, just in time for, wouldn't that be the tricentennial, folks? I mean, I think that would be the tricentennial. 2076 by minus 1776. So how great would that be? The America's tricentennial, we'd finally get to celebrate America's 300th birthday with Pfizer finally releasing the COVID vax when everyone who was involved and around is, is dead and gone. I mean, if you're 20 when this is happening, you're 75. Whoop-de-doo. They finally released the COVID-19 vaccine and all the people who could go to jail, you know, everyone who's over 30 at Pfizer, they figured, all right, we'll be 85 by the time this all gets out. So the plaintiffs took into a Texas federal court, the public health and medical professionals for transparency, regardless the judge said, you got to be kidding me, FDA. Start releasing the docs now. DailyClout.io, Dr. Naomi Wolf has um, recruited, and they're still looking for volunteers. They have recruited 300 people, not just random people. They've recruited doctors, nurses, um, uh, economists, chemists. I mean, if you have any interest in research, or they just, you know, Homemade super sleuths like Teddy Roosevelt, who have a little mixture of everything. I like stats. I like data. I like getting to the truth. And I hate liars. And I hate injustice. And I hate what they've done um, suppressing valuable early treatment options to emergency authorize this vaccine, which should have had a 10-year runway to test at least five. And they rushed it in everyone's arms. And we don't even know what the hell's going on. But it doesn't look good. It's looking bleak. Folks, all across the board, birth rate, all-cause mortality rate. I guarantee if you tune into the Teddy Roosevelt Show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and on the mothership, teddyroosevelt.substack.com, you will get the straight scoop on COVID-19 8 to 10, 12 weeks before anybody else. Just look at my Twitter timeline. I've been 8 to 10 to 12, and I'm not saying... I'm the genius and every... Uh, no, it's because of the sources that I follow and I am a voracious reader. I don't give two shits about the Marvel comic universe, cinematic universe. I don't know what the hell's going on in the Star Wars universe. I don't watch fictional make-believe TV. I don't read fictional books. Very rarely, sometimes. I... The reality... We are living on Planet Clown World at a critical juncture in our nation's history What's going on? I mean, I can't figure out the difference between Babylon B and CNN and New York Times when I go and scope out what the left's crazy agenda items they're talking about. So Daily Clout, they're looking for volunteers. Dailyclout.org or .io. Check it out. They've got all kinds of analysis about how horrible this vaccine is. You want to know what's scary? Dr. Naomi Wolf was on Steve Bannon's War Room Pandemic. And she goes, Steve, I got to tell you about these lipid nanoparticles. I'm going to synopsize it. I'm not transcripting it, so don't totally quote me. But the gist of what she said was the nanoparticles, um, the lipid nanoparticles. So they're nano, literally like the tiniest 
shit we've ever devised scientifically, a nanoparticle. It's really, really small. It's not an atom or a neutron, but it's a, just a little bit longer, bigger. It, it's probably like 100 times bigger than an atom or neutron. Let's not get crazy. But it's nano. It's microscopic. If you put like eight of these on your fingernail, you couldn't tell that they existed for sure. Anyways, these lipid nanoparticles are supposed to just help the mRNA um, spike protein enter your deltoid easier. They ease the transmission. Here's the thing. It's liquid when it's frozen. The liquid nanoparticle is liquid when it's frozen, and then at room temperature, it turns to solid or it hardens. So even though it's a, nick, uh, 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 a tiny lipid nanoparticle, you have this little thing that encased the original mRNA spike protein that all of a sudden went from a liquid to a solid. That's sort of scary when you just look at, look at a vein in your arm and now imagine you've got like thousands of other veins running through your body that are way skinnier than that one. So how much does it really take to clog one of those bad boys up? So, um, my goodness, folks. So, uh, uh, go to dailyclout.io. They got the straight scoop. If you read it, I'm telling you, you'll be 8 to 12 weeks ahead of what's going on with the narrative, too. And the media is never going to tell you the narrative. They, they would have to. It's, it's going to be a day of reckoning. I mean, it's really, we're going to have to see a massive, and it's happening, folks. I mean, it's, it's my brother and sister are vaxxed. I have a lot of people, friends who are vaxxed. It's, it's, that, that's the thing, is they have to face reality and say, is there a, maybe not an antidote, but they have to recommend like, hey, if you got this batch or if you got this um, back-to-back, we recommend, I don't know, this lifestyle change, this nutritional change, how urgent is, is the situation? Because it does seem like a lot of, people in the public eye i'll put it this way if this many celebrities and athletes and people in the public eye are having issues what is going on in the general public and i've seen people on reddit covid19 vaccinated the people who are getting gaslit the worst right now in america are people who got injured by the vaccine they know it was from the vaccine because they were healthy before. There was no other factor that could have came into play. And all of a sudden they have, you know, there's people. What, what is the motivation for a, you know, guy in Boulder, Colorado, who's an ultra marathon thon runner with two kids who's a liberal who obviously was pro-vax. He got a couple vaccines. What? Why would he make up this, you know, and there's thousands of these people who were totally normal before and they're knocked on their ass now and they they can't even move around for an hour a day and they were running like double marathons. What is their motivation versus the motivation for doctors to, to, to say, nope, 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 it wasn't the vax? I mean, because they would have to admit the whole way up from the chain of command that Fauci lied to them and uh, they were lying, you know, whoever their boss was, keep in mind, there's not a lot of independent, maybe in rural areas, and that's maybe why they're not getting crushed by this um, wave of vaccine. Most health systems are like corporate health systems, like 
Novacare in Pennsylvania, like Baylor Scott White here. Um, there are, you know, Cedar Sinai. There's, 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 I'm trying to think of the big one in Phoenix too. There's a couple huge ones. I'm not the best healthcare guy. I'll admit, uh, with COVID I am, but not knowing the whole infrastructure. I'll put it this way. There are quotas that these people have to meet. Remember Cardinal Health with the opioid crisis. I mean, they were working hand in hand with Big Pharma to pump hundreds of thousands of these pills into little towns in West Virginia and rural America and Kentucky. And, you know, they make their billions and then they have to pay a fine. And it's almost like with Big Pharma, they just look like it added as the cost of doing business. I mean, when you look at the kickbacks, if you think the kickbacks and the lawsuits that they've they've and the fines they've had to pay here are bad for bribing doctors, and now they finally have to post how much money they're paying doctors because they were just do travel, food, um, you name it. So they expect you to start prescribing their drug if they buy you um, a ticket to Palm Springs to play golf and dinner and a hooker in <laughs> Palm Springs. Um, they expect you to pay. Now, there's a, I just heard this the other day, an Eli Lilly, Lilly whistleblower. I'm trying to find it. Of course, Google doesn't have it. Duck, duck, go. I've got to search. But there was a whistleblower who said they would set the doctors up with call girls in Palm Springs, take photos of them in compromising positions. And if they weren't prescribing enough of the drug, they'd say, we're going to send this to your wife and kids, this photo of you with this hooker, unless you start prescribing more, Dr. Bartholomew. Well, do you think he whips that script pad open and starts writing more prescriptions for Zeljans or anything? You're damn right he does. You're damn right he does. So take that. Think about what Eli Lilly and Big Pharma, the blackmail going on, and you've got, you know, millions of dollars at stake, billions of dollars at stake. Think about, you know, Pfizer's dropping one, two, three, four billion bucks a year on their drugs. Social media is getting a huge chunk. You think Twitter, when Pfizer's paying them, and it's a, it's also a strategy by, by Pfizer. Hey, let's spend $100 million with Twitter, $50 million with Twitter promoting the vaccine and its safety, and we're damn sure they're not going to say anything negative. Gee, how many ads did you see for the FDA, the CDC? I mean, if you get a government ad, I've worked in advertising, sold in advertising, if you get a government client that has to, that's forced to advertise, I mean, federal government money and the government contracts, like, that's just manna from heaven. I mean, the RFP is a pain in the balls. <laughs> the RFP for them in Vegas, I found militaries bad, but government's the worst. But once you get in, dude, it's just, you're just ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. So they're not going to, the Twitter... They're never going to say a negative word because they got the FDA and the CDC buying crazy amounts of PSAs, public service ads. You know, this is all for public health. It was all part of Biden's $1.3 trillion. So how much of that was for public awareness and advertising? So that's where you saw all those billboards. Every time I scrolled Twitter, it would be a prescription drug, and I'd take zero. I'd, I hate big pharma, and I'd take zero unless I'm like, in a antibiotic situation or the doctor's like, you got to take it. I'm trying to stay off of it. So I don't want it in my body because everyone who takes it 
Prozac, anything like that, SSRI, it's a nightmare if they get off of it. So, um, folks, I, I, I'm going all off on a tangent with the ivermectin, and uh, I hope you guys are following me. Um, where did that just go? I've been talking about how July 2022, and we're coming at you tonight, late night edition of Teddy, the Teddy Roosevelt Show, Thursday night. Special late night, July 7th, 10.42 p.m. Central here in Texas, Austin. I told you guys we were going to concentrate on energy. And I don't know if Tucker's like tapping into my phone. He's like stealing my monologue, I think. Um, (laughs) But if you don't have food or fuel, you don't have anything. That's sort of a mantra. So Apocalypse Never, I've read the first four chapters. I told you Michael Schellenberger. Uh, and and he basically calls out like the people who are the most apoplectic and apocalyptic. Do you love how I did that? Apoplectic and apocalyptic. That's my. That's not Michael Schoenberger. That's me. <laughs> About environmental problems tend to oppose the best and most obvious solutions to solving them. So, um, right now we have farmers. Um, we have climate scientists saying we don't we weren't we're not going to have a food enough food right now we're throwing away food we waste food i mean humans grow and then toss enough food to feed 10 billion people first world countries we have too much people throw it out at the end of the night stuff reaches its expiration date it's gone you know in italy and spain i want to say they just introduced brand new legislation to Basically, make sure the restaurant's not allowed to throw away anything. The grocery store is not allowed to throw away anything. They have to direct all that stuff to food banks and everything. It's going to blow up in their face because people are just going to wait, especially now with inflation. They're just going to wait till it hits the bank. So um, a couple things. Just Michael Schellenberger just destroys all their arguments and just says everything these guys um, say has never been proven the AOC thing, that you know, that was a huge moment here with the Green New Deal where all the Democrats said, well, AOC is a rock star. We're going to get involved with, uh, we're going to get behind her. And AOC, when she made the case for the Green New Deal, I think it was 2015, 16, 18. She's been in there for a while now. I want to say 18. Um, she said it would address poverty and social inequality in addition to climate change. Think about that. Poverty and social inequality and and climate change. She pushed back against critics who claimed it would be too spent expensive with this quote. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? So that thing, to have that deadline, and every scientist that Schellenberger's interviewed, even, even people who are far left Green New Deal lovers said... No, there's no deadline where in 12 years at 11.59 p.m. on this date, if we don't do this, this, and this, well, we've reached the point of no return. The climate's screwed. We could be punishing ourselves and just living off like wood and just you know fossil fuels. And if a, a, a volcano goes, goes off and releases more carbon dioxide in one 24-hour expl- eruption than we have in the last 250 years, we're going to feel like total idiots. And that's what we have to understand. Life is short. 
we're taking it day by day, especially on Planet Clown World. I don't know if I should call it Clown Planet, Clown World, or Planet Clown World, but we're certainly on it. You can't take any day for granted. Every day gets crazier and crazier. Did you see they just sent this guy, Jose Alba? He got attacked at a bodega in New York City. They threw him in the slammer and charged him with murder with a $250,000 bail. They finally re reduced it down to 50000 and he's out. But think about that. They want to defund the and demoralize the good cops and bring in weak and woke cops. Why? Because they're going to be enforcing their rules against coronavirus fines and stuff against you, the taxpaying business owner, and they're not going to do jack shit for the thug who comes in and his girlfriend throws potato chips after her uh, food stamp card gets declined and then throws the actual food stamp machine at you and then says, my boyfriend's going to come in here and kick kick your ass and you're just trying to make a hard, li hard uh, you know, an honest living. I understand that guy was working 16 hour shifts. That guy was working 16 hour shifts, has been in America for 35 years, was going to go back to, I think he's from the Dominican Republican Republic to see his family next week. I mean, everyone in America should be super pissed. I mean, is that what you get? And that's that's the kind of thing that changes votes. Because you look at MSNBC and CNN, they're just talking all about January 6th and Trump. Everyone here in the real world, you don't see all the, the tension, all the racial tension they discuss. You go to a bar here in Austin, whites and uh, Latinas and black people are getting along just dandy Asians. Um, people are talking about crime. They're talking about inflation. You know, inflation is number one in the economy. Gas, the price of energy, you name it, price of food, whatever order. Those are the things that are dominating the price of shelter. Everything's going up and it doesn't seem to be slowing down and it doesn't seem like they have any solutions or a sense of urgency. Where's the sense of urgency? They should be up on the podium presenting new plans every damn day or at least bringing in people from the industry and brainstorming. Remember Trump used to do that? He'd, 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 he'd get on a plane and go meet with somebody trying to get them to build factories like Tim Cook and Apple or he'd ask a bunch of people to come have a summit. And some people would just turn it down because it was Trump. Joe Biden has a summit on for electric car manufacturers. He doesn't invite Elon Musk and Tesla. What a dick. I mean, seriously, this guy, Joe Biden, it's not like he's just an incompetent buffoon. He's he's a straight up dick. Like, look how he treats the uh, 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 anyone in the press who asks him a tough question. Look how he treated the very few people he encountered on the campaign trail. He was... If you brought up Hunter Biden, he'd challenge you to push-ups in the middle of the Iowa State Fair. Hey, and he'd call you fat. Think about that. He'd, he'd call the guy fat, hey, fat, and then said, hey, I can still do push-ups right here. Like, dude, that that is the um, sound of an insecure, that is a very insecure guy, narcissistic with a huge ego who deserves to get his ass kicked, but... He's all talk, no action. I bet he Joe Biden got his ass kicked on a regular basis in middle school, high school. His, his stories about corn pop. This guy is the phoniest, fakest guy. And, you know, it used to be whatever side of the, 
um, Dem- whatever you were rooting for, Democrat or Republican, there was st- some level of universal respect. Trump destroyed the universal thing. Biden just destroyed the whole office thing, like the standard. Trump destroyed the universal. There's no way they were gonna. They were just reing the whole time, and then. Biden has lowered the standard and Kamala Harris and everyone in the entire administration for real. Um, Secretary of State, all these people, they look way over their heads. And that's why these people at CNN and MSNBC um, are, 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 they're going to lose their shit when they see the results of 435 House seats being up. So keep in mind, the midterms are less than four months away. We've got all 435s, 435-85 House seats, drawn a blank there, sorry. I think it's 37 governorships and 30-some Senate seats. So there's a lot at stake, and people are pissed. They're talking about the Jose Alba. I guarantee more people at the bars in New York City talked about the Jose Alba uh, bodega self-defense getting charged with murder in Harlem. Than their and inflation than anything about January sixth. I mean, the only they're just talking to themselves. Seriously, no one's having this conversation. Everyone's worried about are they going to be able to make it to the next paycheck. Most of Americans are like, dude, I better buckle down for winter and uh, maybe uh, install a wood burning stove. Or do you know Germany? This is fascinating. Germany, the firewood. The guys like. Um, well, all of the natural wood-burning stove companies are back-ordered till the end of next winter. Not this winter, the 2022-23 winter. They're backed up on orders till next winter. I mean, throw in the supply chain crisis. I don't think they have a later labor shortage over there. They didn't give away enough uh, as much money as we did. But they are back-ordered till the end of February or March 2024. And then the firewood guy's like, yeah, I'm selling 25 times the amount that I'd sell in like November and it's July. So did you see the Dutch farmers? Oh my God, there's some major stuff going on in Holland where the big, from what I understand, you know, they they signed this deal. Hey, um, you can't, due to climate goals, you can't have uh, this much carbon dioxide or nitrogen dioxide, I believe it is, NO2, um, in the atmosphere, and the farms are causing it. Well, first of all, 90% of the NO2 is coming from German farms. It's going over the border, so it's not, they're, they're producing hardly any of it, and they're just saying, hey, we've got to move you guys out of here. Um, supposedly some top secret documents were uncovered by some internet sleuths. Get this, that like the prototype, um, ideal, uh, new world order, perfect, liberal, sustainable city. The model of it is going to be built on that ground. Like the Klaus Schwab World Health Organization, everything's monorail is totally sustainable, their utopia, they're going to try and build it right there and and drive the Dutch farmers out. And I didn't know, like, the Dutch agricultural sector is the second most prolific, productive, most revenue, most pounds shipped, exported next to the United States in the world. 
Are you kidding me? I guess it's the combination of... I imagine they have incredibly fertile soil, and then they certainly have a ton of access to water, which is important, and I guess the right amount of sun. So yeah, who would have thought? I would have thought maybe France or somebody. France, no. Wine, for sure, and cheese. Only the gourmet stuff. I could see the Dutch. They're hard workers. They're all tall. They're all like six foot tall. Uh, good industrious people. They would be great farmers. So the Dutch farmers learned that Klaus Schwab wants to, um, and, and company want to build this. I think it's called the Tri-City. I will post something about this, I promise, um, on Substack or Huge Patriot. So you can know, you can follow me on Substack, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Apple Podcasts and TuneIn Radio. Um, what are we at? The 42-minute mark. Um, I think I'm going to go for another 15 minutes, if you're just wondering, if you don't have a timer in front of you. So the Dutch farmers get wind of this, and they're like, we're not having it. The Dutch super-woke government that signed this agreement says, nope, too bad, you are going to have it. And next thing you know, they're firing bullets at the Dutch farmers. I mean, they're literally attacking their own people. They've declared war on their own people. This is the Teddy Tangential Super Tangent episode, by the way. Just going off on tangents, but I'm bringing it all back. I've got three screens in front of me right now. I've got uh, my laptop, my iPad Pro, and my phone. So <laughs> I'm coming at you with a bunch of information, but the one thing that I found funny, one of the uh, things, go back to the Michael Schellenberger uh, book, is they go, hey, the climate right might rise by uh, four degrees Celsius. And uh, this one um, organization projected that they might see a 40%, <laughs> they might see a, a huge crop yield in various parts of the country, that uh, various parts of the world that couldn't farm before where their growing season is going to be longer. So it could actually result in a huge bounty of food. But they're saying in places like sub-Saharan Africa, the Congo, I mean, do you know 98% of the people in eastern Congo rely on wood and charcoal as their primary energy for cooking? In the Congo as a whole, 90%. So it's 98% of the Eastern Congo, which is where Schellenberger visited. He actually went over to Africa to see how they were living. 90% of their 92 million population rely on wood and charcoal as their primary energy for cooking. Just And they don't need heat there in Africa. Just one out of five, 20% has any access to electricity. So 80%, they don't even have access to it. Whatever they need to create heat or fuel to cook stuff animals they have to create it themselves um the entire country relies on just 1500 megawatts of electricity which to give you an idea that's 98 million people that i've been watching the ERCOT thing that would be just the wind turbines in texas alone on their lowest output day of summer 2022 so far like <laughs> just you know the worst output for wind power would be able to provide all the power for congo so people don't realize like he's driving around there 
We take for granted stuff like gutters, canals, and culverts, which capture and divert a water water away. Like, did you ever notice why sometimes you'll just see, you know, near a, a hilly area, okay, there's like a cement thing by the side of the road, and then it goes underneath with a pipe? Yeah, because that road would be underwater, or you'd get washed out in a flash flood. They don't have that in the Congo. They don't even have, you know, they don't have sidewalks or curbs, much less gutters. Do you think they have a, you know, weekly trash pickup? No, they're burning their trash. So what people say is they're like, look, the last thing these people are worried about, they're burning wood and charcoal. The last thing they're worried about is wind turbines, the climate, and solar. They want oil, damn it. They want, they want some of the good stuff. They want some of the stuff where that's going to last all day. They want to supply. Think about that. Obviously, no one's on the internet when only one out of five people has any elect electricity. To access to it, not has it. 90% of the 92 million people just have wood and charcoal as their primary energy. So, dude, no one's on the internet. Imagine, I don't know, their literacy rate. But certainly, just in the form of communication, you think our money would be better spent off. And it's 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 that was sort of a, um, a rhetorical question. Of course, they would be better off um, investing in other huge uh, 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 like technology, fertilizer. They're like, if they could just get some decent fertilizer, if they could just get some decent agricultural technology in order to water their crops instead of doing it by hand that is going to improve their way of life and their economic uh, situation way better i mean they're constantly in organized armed conflict with both in the congo and then rwanda's right next door so the government barely even functions in the congo um we talk about the guy getting stabbed i i do um the guy who stabbed the thug and the bodega i just talked about a few minutes ago when it comes to security and just like developing a road the congo government's nowhere to be found i mean you want to talk about corruption in ukraine i don't even think they put congo on the map like that live aid money i mean they didn't build one road from live aid or uh get the electricity set up and there's been a lot i mean americans are the most philanthropic nation and during the 80s a lot of that money went to ethiopia and where did it all go did they spend it on solar power that doesn't do so that the, they're just having trouble getting clean water there's a huge scarcity of clean water there which you don't have clean water you've got disease right after there and and congo's got cholera malaria yellow fever a lot of stuff i guarantee that they treat with ivermectin just bringing it back teddy tangent show um <laughs> teddy tangent show i'm gonna wrap it up and i'm gonna do a full synopsis of the of the schellenberger but uh the crazy thing with the congo just to leave it leave it at that is congo is astonishingly rich when it comes that's the schellenberger quote that's his word i didn't just freestyle that astonishingly um, when it comes to their minerals, land, forest, oil, and gas. So the reason why it's dysfunctional is it's huge. 
Um, it's the second biggest nation in Africa, and Africa is freaking huge. And the Belgians who dipped out of there in the 1960s, they didn't really establish any strong government institutions like uh, independent judiciary or, for that matter, a military. So things that we take for granted like a police force or a fire department or a judge if someone stabs you, there's nothing like that. There's there's no justice. If you spent a two days in Congo, you would kiss the ground when you got back to America. Think of Black Panther. It's the opposite of Wakanda. There's no technology there. The biggest thing we could do to help Congo, nothing to do with climate change. They need roads, fertilizer, and tractors, bro. Roads, fertilizer, and tractors, their annual per capita income is 561 bucks. Not a month, not a week, not a month. $561 all year long. There's 365 days in a year. So they're making under two bucks a day, US. So um, I'm going to leave it at this. It's going to be the first, I think, uh, Po, uh, Teddy, Teddy episode that's over an hour coming up close at least Putin made another speech that at least the Associated Press is covering it I guarantee you won't see it on CNN and MSNBC he's basically Putin just told the world we haven't even started really breaking out anything it's five months in and he said uh, you know he was speaking with leaders of the Kremlin controlled parliament he accused the West of fueling the hostilities, which we are. We're sending hundreds of millions of dollars over there in military aid, billions. 40, you know, like numbers I can't even comprehend that we're giving them. And they want another 750 billion with a B, Ukraine. And we're bucking it up in the financial state that we're in. Not a smart decision, folks. Not a smart decision. Look who's in charge. Putin's like, look. I would rather gather and have diplomacy. And I don't understand why we still keep insulting them, sanctioning them, and don't and and, and don't meet them at the uh the bargaining table and sort of negotiate a truce. All it's gonna cost cause is Ukrainian death and European and American suffering. We're suffering hard. And as I said in yesterday's shows. People are going to choose between heating and eating in the in Europe. So Putin's saying, hey, it's a tragedy for the Ukrainian people, but it looks like it's heading in the direction of the West wants to fight us until the last Ukrainian. He's like, let's get 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 let's get to the table and talk this over because it's just going to be a slow burn, guys. And I think he's sort of warning them like I might not turn this Nord Stream pipeline back on. So good luck um, dealing with your constituents when they find out they don't have any gas or, you know, they don't have any power to heat their homes this winter. So Putin said, everybody should know that largely speaking, we haven't even started anything in earnest. He goes, we're ready to sit down to talks. But listen, those who refuse to do so should know that the longer it lasts, the more difficult it will be for them to make a deal with us. He's talking to us. He goes, we are hearing them. 
we are hearing that they want to defeat us on the battlefield. Let them try. So they've got home court advantage. They've already taken multiple areas that the media, I mean, can you really trust anything the media tells you about a single thing or our leaders when they said, oh, the Ukraine, the ghost of Kiev, uh, the the former defense minister of, of Estonia, I used to call him out on Twitter before I got suspended and I'm going to sue the shit out of him. But uh, he said it was going to be over in 10 days. Oh, Russia has antiquated military technology. They're going to run out of weapons, bullets, and money in 10 days. Here we are 150 days later, and, uh, and, 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 it, and it's still going on, obviously. So there's a lot of key quotes um, that, Putin wrote, that, that Putin says. He's like, he's calling out the West. He goes, they simply don't understand, or he goes, they simply don't need such a country as Russia. This is why we um, used to have terrorism, or they used to have terrorism, separatism, and internal destructive forces in our country, accusing us of doing that to them. And he's accusing the West of sowing division and strife in our society and demoralizing the people. He ended with, the course of history is unstoppable and attempts by the collective West to enforce its vision of the global order are doomed to fail. He said, the course of history is unstoppable and the attempts of the collected West to enforce this vision of the global order. Notice, because Biden's spokesman raised a huge stir when he said the liberal world order or the rules world order. So Putin specifically said global order are doomed to fail. Putin envisions the new global order as China, Russia, um, they're on the same page. Um, you know, if you look at China right now, they are investing heavily in South American countries. All these South American countries look like they're on the verge of collapse because they are um, voting in socialists and leftists who have no concept of what to do with the economy. And it's, they're going to go like Venezuela and you're going to have civil unrest, inflation, um, stag, you know, crazy inflation. So Teddy's going to sign off episode what am i on nine i think we're coming up to double digit episodes here folks again special late night teddy thursday night july 7th it's 11 11 started at 10 10 and ended at 11 11 p.m so it was just over an hour first hour long episode of the teddy Roosevelt show as i mentioned a couple times spotify apple podcast tune in radio you can find it uh teddy Substack.com, the mothership. You can always find the first version of the podcast. It'll be there first. You can sign up for the email newsletter. And if there's a delay on Spotify, anything, you will get an email in your inbox. You can also download the app and you can get a, a, a little notification on your phone. How about that? That says, hey, brand new Teddy Post, brand new Teddy Podcast. You can listen to it before anybody else in the world or you, you have first dibs. So go on there, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. Um, that's about it, folks. I really appreciate you listening. <clears throat> we will be back at some point um, this weekend. I'm not going to have this special fancy microphone where I'm going to record the podcast, I think. It's probably going to be straight into my phone, and it might not have any intro music either. It just might be um, Teddy 
doing a straight up voice memo and uploading it that way. So don't be alarmed. Everything's under control. I'll try and add some uh, intro music and I'm going to do a brand new theme song this weekend. That's going to be a new, I'm going to debut the, uh, you know, Teddy does all the beats for the show. <laughs> the first one I did in about two and a half minutes. I really didn't spend any time. I just needed something real quick. Going to put some time into it. The next one, you're going to have a bombshell uh, uh, debut next week. So thanks for tuning in. Teddy time, taking off. Tangent episode. Good night.